This episode is sponsored in part by Grubbly Farms. Grubbly Farms is now the official poultry feed and snack sponsor of the We Drink and We Farm Things podcast. Woohoo! Grubbly Farms provides healthy, high-quality snacks and feeds for your feathered friends. Grubbly Layer Feed is free of fish, corn, and soy and is made with non-GMO ingredients. Grubbly Snack have 50% more calcium than mealworms, promoting stronger eggshells and flashier feathers. So head on over to grubblyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order today. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? So I opened, hmm, I realized I should have made sure I could pronounce this. <laughs> Narragansett? I don't know. It says Narragansett presents Dell's Shandy. It, it says it's a refreshingly different beer, and it is definitely like a different kind of beer. It's in a giant can. It's a lemon shandy. It's got like a giant story on the back of it, uh, but I won't read it to you. It's something about a frozen lemonade stand, which is kind of fun and homey. Oh, fun. And it's a delicious beer. So what are you drinking over there? Today, I am drinking a Samuel Adams Porch Rocker, which is a mm. refreshing and tangy rag- Rattler. I don't know why I said Wrangler, but it's a Rattler. <laughs> Yum. Yes. It's also lemony. So we're both feeling like summery citrusy today. Yeah. I mean, I think some of that has to do with it. Now that it's summer, we're going to just like keep bitching about the weather again. Just like we keep bitching about how cold it is in the winter. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hot. I'm dying. (laughs) But our drinks this episode are sponsored by our drink peep, Ashley Kiernan. So cheers, lady. Cheers. And if you aren't sure what a drink peep is, you can check out our Patreon levels over at patreon.com slash drink and farm. And that's where you can hear about all the cool levels and ways that you can support the podcast. Yes, yes. All right. So I think we can just jump right into this week's episode. Yeah, we sure can. It's a doozy. It is a little graphic, to be honest with you. Yeah, it sounded sort of awful. Yeah, I did take a picture of it, so maybe I'll post it on the plan- or on the uh, Patreon for our Patreons to see. Um, oh, that's an excellent idea. Yeah, because I don't want to put that on our Instagram because it might, like, offend somebody. It shouldn't, <laughs> but it might. And I don't really want it to be in our squares for, like, at least a couple weeks. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it would definitely get flagged as being graphic. You know, like, are you sure you want to click on this and see what it is? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And people would, I mean, I always say yes to those because <laughs> I like to live on the edge. But I maybe do, too. That's not why everybody. we're friends. Yeah. See, it, but we're rule followers at the same time, so we are a walking contradiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened on my farm this past week was that 
I was walking past the duck pen and I noticed that one of my female ducks had a vent prolapse. And it was one of those things where I was like, what the hell is that? And I was like, well, that's not a male duck. That is not a prolapsed penis because it wouldn't be that high up on the rear. Um, Which prolapsed penis in a duck is a thing. And it could be a chronic issue, I found out in my Googling. Um, But vent prolapse is also no joke. So we're going to talk about poultry vent prolapse this episode yes and we got a lot of our information from good old poultry dvm so there'll be a link to that uh, article in the show notes so you can go see all the medical uh mumbo jumbo and all of that fun stuff if you're interested in it so vent prolapse might also be known as vent blowout which sounds in and kind of gives you an idea of visually what that might look like <laughs> well it's even worse <laughs> yeah but the the technical term is colo colo oh my god i can't even say it can you say cloacal cloacal prolapse and cloaca (laughs) was one of those words that was so hard for me to learn how to say when i first started chicken keeping because i was like what the hell is a cloaca it sounds dirty it does (laughs) it it's totally just the vent though it's the fancy word for the vent it's just a weird word and the 12 year old mindset of a boy in my mind just goes (laughs) when i hear it for some reason (laughs) i don't understand why but the the article we're going over today covers vent prolapse in a chicken, but it's super duper similar with ducks. And the easiest, um, most concise article I could find was related to chickens. A lot of the stuff that I googled in the moment came up on message boards, but it aligns quite a bit with this advice here. So, um... Vent prolapse occurs when the inner tissues from the inside of a hen's body protrude outside. It occurs as a result of chronic egg laying or secondary to colloquial masses or tumors in the reproductive tract. One of the biggest risks involved with this type of prolapse is trauma to the tissue and high potential for secondary bacterial infection because obviously the outside is or the inside is outside, and and that's not good. (laughs) Doesn't belong there. (laughs) Right. And another risk that you run into is that this, like, basically for ducks, I'm not entirely sure what it looks like for chickens because I haven't had this happen, but it looks like a little pink sock or almost like a pig tail. Um, And it's pink, so it's going to attract other birds in the flock to peck at it, which can lead to potential trauma to the organs and, and cause that secondary infection. Yeah, and it probably also will attract bugs and stuff, too. Yeah. You know, it's so hot outside. The flies are swarming mm-hmm. all over the place where the animals are. So they'll start landing on that tissue and laying eggs, and it's not a good thing. Right. Exactly. So the earlier you can catch a prolapse, the better. Um, when it is recognized by the owner, the hen should immediately be removed from the flock because you don't want them ganging up on her. Um, initial treatment for a prolapsed cloaca is directed by directed at protecting and preventing further trauma to the prolapsed tissue. Um, you also want to reduce the swelling if it's present. Um, you want to prevent or treat infection to the exposed tissue and return it to its normal place. Guys, no. you, you have to <laughs> shove it back in. Oh. But here's the thing. Like, sometimes you can shove it back in, but it might not stay which may require some kind of intervention with sutures. Um, 
So it could be uh, sutures or what they call mattress stay sutures to reduce the size of the vent opening. So it like stays in there. So obviously I'm not going to sew up my duck's vent because I don't have training. I also personally not sure if my vet would do that for me if they would see poultry and do that. And I'm not sure if... And some people are really going to disagree with this if the the cost of the duck and the expense of the duck itself is worth taking it to a vet visit that might cost like $100 when it's done. Well, and you know, I think you hit the nail on the head for why there aren't a lot of vets that do work mm-hmm. on poultry just in general. Because like you'll notice whenever anybody has an issue with a chicken or a duck, you almost always go to a Facebook group or some other social media group or message board looking for advice because there just aren't that many vets that do this kind of work. Now, if you're a more like city dweller with city backyard chickens or suburban backyard chickens, there might be some vets that are starting to catch on and do some chicken work. Cause like, let's face it, a lot of this stuff is really messy and kind of gross and a little terrifying. And you might not be keeping chickens because you wanted to push cloacas back into mm-hmm. your ducks or <laughs> your chickens. I mean, it, it does, it feels kind of like a more uh, like, hardcore chicken and duck keeping task Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah not that like you know like keeping animals in general is kind of hardcore but some people really just want to do this because they wanted the backyard eggs and the idea of having to do that makes them like really queasy and sounds terrifying and grosses them out and there's nothing wrong with that like you don't have to do all of the gross stuff if you can find a vet to do the gross stuff for you yeah (laughs) but it's not super common (laughs) right exactly So if the tissue is swollen, um, there are a few things that you can try. I did read uh, sugar water is an option. Oh. And I think that's similar to the suggestion of solution of 50% dextrose in the article here. Um, And there are specific products that you can use um, to to reduce the swelling. But the thing I saw over and over again was preparation H, which was was like hit or miss if people actually agreed with that or not. And then the other thing I saw too was the sugar water suggestion because apparently the sugar can help like shrink it down, which science neato, but I didn't really want to make up a sugar water spray for my ducks vent. (laughs) So I did not do that. That's really cool that you found that as a solution, because when I was looking at the notes, I saw like one of the suggestions was dimethyl sulfoxide, which is DMSO. And the other one was the 50% dextrose solution. I was like, what the F are both of those things? Like, that doesn't even sound like English to me. I have no idea what those are. So I had to look them up. And DMSO is actually just available on Amazon. Oh. It comes in a gel or a liquid form. And you want to buy the stuff that's made specifically for use on your pets. It's it's most commonly used on, like, horses and dogs for joint inflammation because it reduces swelling. That's what it's for, essentially. 
And um, the dextrose, you can get that um, at a feed store. Uh, Dervet makes it and it's labeled for use on cattle, or at least the one that I found was because when I heard those two things in the poultry DVM article, I was like, wait, like, there's got to be an easy way to describe what this is for listeners so they can find it. Because when I read those things, I'm like, I wouldn't know how to find those. (laughs) Right. No, I would have had to go to the Google and check that out too. I've never heard of either of those items before. So that was a good learning experience from this article. Um, yes. So the dextrose, as we said, can help reduce the tissue size. So it's easier to shove it back in there. And I shouldn't say shove. You actually have to be pretty gentle. Um, so the tissue, once it's pushed back inside the body, like we said, it might not stay there. Um, and you might have to do the suture thing to keep it in there. And they also recommend a broad spectrum antibiotic and anti-inflammatory medications um, to uh, make that tissue recover and make sure there is no, you know, infection, you know, because it's it's going to touch feces. And that's yeah. not good, especially if you know, another animal did peck at it. So those are like the high level steps you are recommended to take if you have this issue on your farm. Yeah. And I think um, knowing what to do in the event that you come across this like you do is super, super valuable because the longer we keep animals or poultry, the more likely it is we're going to run into this kind of thing. Right. Exactly. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) founded due to a combination of poultry love chicken math and the need for a safe long-term solution cutest coops created a collection of coops with key features to keep a flock safe and happy cutest coops are thoughtfully planned with accessibility predator safety ventilation cleanliness quality and design in mind the smallest coop has a four by four footprint and coop sizes increase up to 10 by 8 feet We both have the four by four foot charming coop and we are confident that our chickens will be protected from all the Midwestern elements year round. These coops are seriously a chicken keeper's dream and your flock will feel pretty bougie and safe roosting in any one of them. So go to cutestcoops.com. While you're there, check out the design tab to pick custom colors and features for the larger coops and receive a free rendering of your designs. And if you're ready to make your chicken coop dreams a reality, use code COOP and FARM to get $100 off your coop. Okay, so Sam, can you tell us about like what exactly it was like uh, when you came across this duck with the prolapsed vent? And, and what did you do? Like, how did you take care of it? How did you take care of her? So obviously I walked by and was like, what the hell is out of my duck's butt? I like, had like that <laughs> what the F moment and a little yeah. bit of panic. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it's a prolapse. I've never dealt with that before. What do I do? So I'm like standing outside and it's like 90 degrees out and like, it's right before the 4th of July. And you know, I'm trying to prepare the house and stuff to get ready for people coming over. And I'm like, ah, last thing I want to deal with. Right. So this is always like when things happen. So it's like 90 degrees outside. It's humid AF. I'm sweating. Like, um, and I'm standing in the sun Googling, like, how to deal with this. So the first thing it told me to do was separator. So what I did was I cleaned out, like, one of those storage tubs um, that you might put, like, Christmas decorations in. And I put that within my bathtub. And not my, my big soaker tub, but my bathtub that my husband 
uses in his bathroom. He doesn't use the tub. But anyways, it's mostly his <laughs> bathroom. Um, and where our guests go. So I put the tub within the tub and filled it with water and let her like sit in there for like two hours and just shut the light off. Because one of the other things I read was you want to prevent them from producing and laying an egg during this time. So you want to keep it dark and you want to keep control over the type of feed and what you feed them, which was not mentioned in the poultry DVM article, but I did see that in multiple other sources. So I fed her starter and just like a little bit of it. Um, after 24 hours of withholding feed altogether. Okay. Um, so I let her soak and then I was like, oh, shoot, I can't let her just sit in there for forever. Like the water's filthy now. So I used a towel because she was a total, she's scared of everything. Um, she was not heavily socialized at this point in her life. So she didn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> Even my ducks that are heavily socialized <laughs> hate my guts. Yes. They think I'm trying to murder them every <laughs> yes. time I come near them. <laughs> yeah. So I used a towel to put over her and it's much easier to pick them up when they can't see what you're doing. Oh, she was yeah. still not pleased, but it made it a lot easier. And then I just like put her on my kitchen island with a towel wrapped around her and lifted the towel up to look at her butt and... She was clean, but it was still, like, hanging way out there. So I just got this thing off my chest removed the other day at a dermatology clinic. And they were like, all you need to do for wound care is Vaseline and a Band-Aid. That's it. And I was like, what? That's crazy. And apparently Vaseline is just, you know, it's good for your skin. It can help prevent scarring. So I have luckily had, like, a big old tub of Vaseline ready to go because of my own issue. (laughs) So I grabbed the Vaseline and I like, which is really hard to deal with, especially when like one arm is holding down the duck, the other arm, you're trying to like lube up the duck butt. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that and then I just like really slowly started pushing it back in, which you got to be careful because it's like on a duck, it's kind of like a sock and you don't want the the poop hole to like point in. Yeah. You want it to be out. Yeah. But you need to shove it in there. But I also don't (laughs) want my finger going up there. So she was like actually really cool about it, all things considered. And it might have been because like she could see like one of my cats and my dog was staring at her from across the room. (laughs) Poor thing. (laughs) Um. So I got it back in there and it looked good. So I took her to my big tub in my bathroom. I put towels down. I just put her in there. I shut the light off. Um, gave her water and like left her alone for a few hours and I went back in there a couple hours later and it was basically back out and I was like oh so it wasn't like all the way out so I was like I'm just gonna leave it because I don't know what I'm doing I didn't have the time or patience to really try to figure it out I felt like I didn't want to do her more harm than good so Another thing I read was sometimes you can just, like, monitor it and see how it goes. So the duck was probably in my bathroom for, like, two and a half days. So through, like, 4th of July and everything. (laughs) And I noticed, like, she was pooping better because, you know, ducks are just poop like crazy. And, like, the first day she really wasn't pooping that great. So I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll just put her back in the duck house outside and just lock everybody out in the run because their run's, like, covered and it's protected and they sit out there most of the time anyways 
Um, so I put her out there and then I went out there and my husband was like, oh, she laid an egg. And I was like, shit, I didn't want her to do that. And I went and looked at her and after she laid the egg, she, it was back in. That's really interesting. Yeah. Because you would almost think that the opposite would happen. Yeah. But like, so you said something earlier that really caught my attention and it was that, you know, you didn't want to cause more harm by Uh getting involved when you Uh may not have needed to. And I think that that is kind of key in this situation because sometimes these things do just kind of happen. Like maybe she had laid a really super crazy large egg like that morning and that's what knocked it out of place and like mother nature just needed to like you know get things back where it belonged and working again yes and i think that rule goes for a lot of things in life sometimes you just gotta get out of the way for magic to happen sometimes we get in our own way um or sometimes we think we're doing the right thing and it's really like you just got to let Mother Nature take over and, and fix it for you. So it, it can be tough because you don't want to be complacent and cause more harm because you're not doing anything. But sometimes you just need to trust your instincts, too. There's a difference between trusting your instincts and not being proactive or doing the right thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of new um, poultry owners do run into that because like you always Mm -hmm. think when something goes wrong that like you have to act, you have to be the one to fix it. And sometimes that's just not the case. Right. And sometimes you just can't. Like, yeah, if I tried to push that back in again, it could have done some serious damage. I don't know. So... I did have to, like, sit there and think, like, if it, if it doesn't fix itself, like, am I going to have to call her because I don't want her to suffer? But she seemed fine. And she just ended up fixing it on her own. And it's been a few days now. And she's fine. It's kind of crazy. That's awesome. You know, one thing I would think about, uh, like, if, you know, it kept, like, falling out or something, I was wonder if you could, you know, like, make, like, a makeshift vet wrap you know like diaper Mm. kind of thing to like help hold it into place but of course you have to clean it super often because of the way ducks poop like yeah it's crazy oh i will say too that when after i separated separated her and put her in a tub within my tub i was flipping out the duck pool to clean the water and i noticed there was an egg in there and i think it was from her because all the other ducks were out and the other duck that's like her that tends to just stay in the run it was broody and she's she's a murderer but that's a different <laughs> story um but this one i think she laid an egg in the pool and i could see in the pool that the egg was half of it was like intact the other half was almost like somebody crumbled it oh so i wonder if it just happened because she had a hard time laying that one egg yeah and then it, she had time to recover and not be stressed out or be in a loud environment. And maybe that was the best thing that I did for her was just separating her. That makes total sense. So that is my hypothesis because I can't speak duck. So I can't ask her what she went through, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing the prolapse story with us. Cause I think that that is some pretty useful information yeah so hopefully if you're you know melting in the sun you kind of at least have an idea of where to start so you can google in the air conditioning if you have it 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take the deck inside somewhere quiet and so then start Googling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we don't have this in the notes, but speaking of speaking duck, I've been meaning to ask you, have you noticed if there's a difference in the way that your ducks sound based on them being male or female? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Okay. So do the females make the honking noise? Uh... You know, I I know they make different noises, but I don't pay attention enough at this point because I know which one are boys or girls based on their their tail feathers. Oh, okay. Because the boys will get a sex feather that is curly at the tail, but it takes a little while for that to come in. Okay. Um, I want to say the girls are louder and the boys make more of like a lower honking noise. Yeah, so I've noticed that my ducks sound different. So I have a handful yes. that make this really loud honk noise, and I have a handful that make this really quiet, like it almost sounds like a swishy quacking. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how, like it almost sounds like they're like mumble quacking. Like it's really mumble light quacking. and kind of sounds like they're like, they have a lisp, like they're drawing their S's out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I bet I can tell who's a boy and who's a girl from that. But I just don't you know can. which is which. So, so okay. I did a quick Google and it says the voice of a female is quack quack or uh, uh, and the male is soft and whispery. Okay. So now you can go outside and stand and watch all your ducks and like go boy, girl, boy, girl. <laughs> I might have to pick them up individually because they keep traveling in a group. And they all so look I can't alike get anybody too. by themselves. <laughs> so I just like have to pick one up and it'll start screaming at me and then I'll be able to tell who is who and I'll like tag them. Okay, good to know. A little off topic, but we've been talking about ducks. So I was like, let's squeeze this into this episode. <laughs> So now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. That's right. So what can't you even about this week, Bev? Okay. So mine is a story from a local news station from San Antonio, Texas. And the headline is, have you seen this chicken? Mm -hmm. And it says... Reba took an accidental field trip to San Antonio Costco. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How the heck did that happen? So Reba, which is a pet chicken from Fair Oaks Ranch, uh, was lost when she stowed away on Wednesday morning in the trunk of an Instacart delivery driver. Oh no. So when she first went missing, her owner thought that she had just been taken by a fox or a hawk. But when he checked his home security cameras about four hours after the Instacart driver left, uh, they noticed that Reba had jumped into his car. Oh, no. So the family was able to contact Instacart and get in touch with the driver. (laughs) And the driver said that Reba the chicken had jumped out of his trunk when he got to Costco. And he thought that the chicken being in his car was a prank. So he let the chicken wander off. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No. So the owners of this chicken went to the Costco and started asking employees about a rogue chicken And some of the parking lot attendants were like, oh, my gosh, yes. We totally (laughs) saw your fat chicken running around the lot for a while. But some ladies scooped her up at around 11 a.m. and took her. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, she is a super sweet chicken. She's really curious, and she was picked up by some people, um, but she's still missing from her Aww. owners. So this is a fairly recent article. So if you're in the Texas area and know about this, well, not the Texas area, because Texas is a huge freaking state, but San Antonio area. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who picked up this chicken from a Costco parking lot. Her owners are looking for her. So Aww. maybe you can be the people to like pair them back together. So it's good to know that Reba was found and picked up by some people, but her owners would still like her back. Yeah. So hopefully she can find her way home. But I just like couldn't believe that she had just jumped into an Instacart driver's like car. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what can't you even about? So I've seen a few headlines uh, over the past couple days about this, um, but the article is from studyfinds.org from July 7th, um, and the title is Not a Myth After All. Farm animals may be key to forecasting earthquakes. What? And the study aims to solve an age-old mystery showing that animals exhibit strange behavior up to 20 hours before an earthquake hits. So, according to anecdotal accounts, farm animals and pets also often behave abnormally in the hours leading up to earthquakes. However, these findings have not been supported by scientific evidence, at least not until now. Uh, So, there was a study by a German scientist um, on this topic, and they found that animals may indeed provide valuable clues to when and where earthquakes will occur. Um, so I won't read the whole article. We will link to it in the show notes, but they did put tracking devices on, um, six cows, five sheep, and two dogs, um, in an earthquake prone area of Northern Italy. Um, and all of the animals had been previously observed acting abnormally before earthquakes. So these were special animals. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't just a bunch of randos. Um, after attaching the trackers, researchers recorded the animals' movements for several months. Throughout the period, approximately 1,800 earthquakes were reported in the region. Oh, my Holy gosh. <laughs> Many of these earthquakes were weird and barely noticeable, but 12 of them were strong, four or higher on the Richter scale. Um, so these researchers looked at um, only the earthquakes that triggered like the really crazy earthquakes, not all 1,800 of them. Um, but it turns out the proximity of the earthquakes matter. So the closer they are, um, the more lead time the animals seem to give. And, um, it's kind of unclear what exactly triggers the unusual behavior. Like what put like senses, like turns their spidey senses on, I guess you could say. Um, but they do say one possibility is the animals are able to sense air ionization, Ionization, not ironization, caused by log, large chunks and rock pressure, um, and they feel it in their fur. Oh. They also may be able to smell gases released from quartz crystals prior to earthquakes. So they're either, like, feeling it or they're smelling it from what they're concluding. It's pretty oh, cool. okay. 
That is pretty cool. Animals always amaze me. Like my dogs always know when there's a thunderstorm near. I can tell yeah. when one's going to show up that day because they're hiding in my closet from like morning. On. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's going to be a thunderstorm today. And Jared's huh. like, it's sunny outside. I'm like, yeah, dogs are hiding Wait in the closet. <laughs> I mean, sometimes my knee hurts before a storm. So I get oh. it. Yeah. It's because it's been injured a few times. It probably has some arthritis in it or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But I feel it in my bones and my husband calls me an old lady because of it. So, <laughs> but yeah. So um, send us your can't evens in our Facebook group or via Messenger or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. We do like to read those on our mini-sodes. And be sure and leave us a review because we read our favorite Apple podcast review every week. And what we do is we put every review that we've read into a hat of sorts and draw a winner. And that winner gets a mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So do you want to announce this month's? Well, it's not this month's. It's June's winner. Yeah. From putting in the reviews. Yeah, so June's winner was Skurstat. And I'm Yay! guessing that is not your real name. So reach out to us um, when you hear this so we can get your full name and address and send you your coffee mug. Yes, we will. And we do have a review to share this week. Bev, would you like to read it? Sure. It says, duckin' ah right. I love that. <laughs> I think it's duckin' A. Oh, duckin' like A F-N-A, right. Like A, but duckin' oh. A. <laughs> well, I was thinking like all right, but missing the L. Oh, see, and my brain just goes immediately to the F word. So. <laughs> <laughs> duckin' A right. It could be either. Maybe this person can tell us. <laughs> yeah, tomato, tomato. Either way, we like the enthusiasm. Yes, there were lots of exclamation points. All right. It says, thank you, ladies. I'm a new fowl mom with three chickens and three ducks. And your podcast makes me feel not only like I'm not alone in this farming experimental life I've created, but also empowered to know that there are several resources available mentioned on the podcast to me when I feel like I'm stumbling. My only hopefully helpful criticism is that I'm dyslexic. So it would be great to have your phone number listed on your webpage and or show notes because trying to listen to it over the podcast is a real pain for me and I have questions to call in. Cheers, ladies, and keep up the flocking good work. So that was where we got the suggestion to add our phone number to the website and the show notes. It was from this Apple Podcast review. We do appreciate constructive feedback, and that was very good feedback. (laughs) Yes, we sure do. And this review was put in, I can't read this name. It's just all consonants. Yeah, H-L-Y-M-S-T-R-K. Yes. Hilmistrick. 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 We we will call this person. Yes, thank you so much for your feedback, and thank you for your review. We loved it. Yes. Um, Just a few things to wrap up today. Uh, Coop Camp 2020 um, is still on for August 7th through 9th in Indianapolis, Indiana, or I should say right outside of there. We'll be there, and we hope you will be too. And Drinking Farm has a phone number, so you can give us a call and leave us your farm story, your can't even, or ask us a question. And that phone number is 401 401- 
426-3276. And thanks to the review that we just read, that phone number will be in the show notes and also is listed on the homepage of our website. And hit that subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because this helps more people like you find us. And share this episode over on the Instagram in your stories by sharing the posts that we post with our beer pictures uh, into your stories and tagging us in it because we will send you a discount code that's good for our merch shop. Make sure you take a look at our show notes to find links to the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we are doing, and all of our social media goodness and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on this cloacal journey. Oh, my God. That's better than saying like pink sock journey, which is really uh, what it yeah. looks like. It looks like a little baby infant pink sock. Oh. <laughs> and on that visual. <laughs> Until next time. Drink. Farm. And, and give zero, zero clucks. clucks. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.